Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to How Do You Hustle with Cami Dimitrova, a podcast where I interview comedians about their day jobs. Remember those? Yeah. All right. Um, wow. Well, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, maybe months. Uh, who knows? What is time right now? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit Credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, I'm recording this on July 20th. Um, the episode that I'm about to release to you today uh, was recorded two months ago. If that says anything about um, the world we're living in, um, I just kind of got um, a little sidetracked. Obviously, other stuff was happening that felt way more important, and I felt like the world was sort of focusing on that. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement happened. Corona was happening, and there was just a lot of stuff going on, and I think we were all focusing on that, which makes sense. Um but now I feel like, you know, now's a good time, you know, two months basically to the T to release this episode. I'm very, very excited to share this one with you. It was awesome. Um, I mean, literally no introduction is needed, but why not? I do it for everybody else. Um, the one and only Michael Hartney is on for this episode. Oh my goodness. We know him. We love him. Um, he has been on JFL New Faces, Comedy Central, Comics to Watch, Characters Welcome, the UCB AD in New York, and he was the original uh, on the original cast of School of Rock, the musical on the Broadway. I mean, heard of it? Hello. He's been everywhere, done everything. I mean, so freaking talented, so funny. Uh, and we have a great conversation about all the day jobs that he had in New York while doing UCB, while pursuing comedy. Uh, and uh, just, uh, we, have a, we have a great chat. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Without further ado, Michael Hartney. Okay, yeah, it's recording. So Wow. <laughs> so huge. so that huge just happened. true <laughs> huge if true it <laughs> is um hi welcome to the pod thanks thanks this, for having me thanks for doing it this is so awesome you have your whole setup i have yeah um my boyfriend makes yeah. electronic music and so uh, <laughs> I was like, hey, when you're done making your sweet beats, can I use it for some podcast treats? Yeah, hell yeah. And, and that he was nice rhymed. enough to say yes. Right, right. Um, what kind of electronic? Is it like dub? Um, <laughs> no, it's yeah, like yeah. gay music, you know, like gay yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think if like you went to the record store and there was a section gay music, it would be there. 
Okay. <laughs> copy, copy. Um, great, <laughs> great, great. Um, dope. Well, I wanted to, to start and ask you, um, how are you? <laughs> how are oh my you God. doing in this I'm, true, I'm terrible, aren't you? Are you yeah. good? No, I'm fully trash, always. I'm I feel terrible. Like, yes, I'm doing is, poorly. Yeah. This is not a time to thrive. And yeah. truly anyone who's like, I'm thriving, my life. Yeah. I'm just like, I, A, don't buy it, and B, just like you. Yeah, yeah, fully um, you. This is a time yeah. for, the only thing we all have in common is how bad it all is. So yes. uh, when you s step outside of that, then you're actually the nightmare. Right, right. You're right, actually right. A, a notch under COVID itself. <laughs> just a notch. You're just a, almost just as a bad. Notch. You're as, as bad as as the yes, the the pestilence that has afflicted <laughs> uh, countless people. But right. um, you're still pretty bad. Um, right. So I'm bad. I'm hoping you're doing poorly. Yeah. And then thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can stew in this together. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's been um it's been ups and downs mostly um mostly a shit time, but um could be worse. You know, at least we're at least we are healthy. I mean, I hope that you've you've been healthy at least. I've I've been healthy. Yeah. Okay, good. So well, there I you do go. have so to Okay, cool. Quick question. Yeah. Is this music bleeding into Can you hear music? I can't hear music. You can't? No. Oh, okay, I hear great. like a faint, but great. honestly, Sorry. no, there's honestly so many sirens that will pass. Like, I just let it oh, all. Oh, okay. So I let it just all any inform. of this atmospheric stuff, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just do it raw and dirty. We'll do it raw and dirty. It informs great, okay, the piece, you know? <laughs> it <laughs> does like, inform the piece. This like, is going to be a raw and dirty piece. It's like, who does anything perfect? Like, what is this? yeah especially in rona um okay so you're doing like so you're doing shitty great okay. yeah i'm doing shitty <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. for sure um cool um just want to check in well, i wanted <laughs> to i wanted to also ask you since this podcast is about day jobs but now is a weird time to talk about that stuff so usually um you know i like to like go back in time a little bit and talk about um maybe some of your day jobs that have helped sustain you while you were like actively like hustling and doing the comedy and being a star and like just crushing it and all you know all the things like yeah all that stuff I've consistently <laughs> done over the years crush it um yes you have actually you have that's very nice so, thank you yeah you have I'm glad so, I've been able to fool some people into thinking that. Yeah, a um, lot. Do I need to tell people <laughs> that this is not true? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've had... What's funny about the day jobs I've had is I... Uh, I hop wildly into different realms. Like, I haven't had the same day job twice. They've been insanely different from each other. Yeah. Um, so the first, so I first, I moved to New York in 2002. Relax. <laughs> I don't want to know how old you were in 2002. I do not want to know, Cammy. Don't even mouth it. <laughs> Absolutely not. I will shut off this <laughs> Zoom. Um, <laughs> so, so I moved to I New York. I wasn't even born yet. <laughs> oh, I, that it can't be true. Come on. <laughs> no, you're just being a jerk. Um, so, so I moved to New York in 2002, and um, 
in college, I had been the receptionist at a salon and day spa. Yes. Okay. Just answering phones, cracking wise, getting people with Karen highlights, coffee, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. So um, I thought, well, I will be able to do this in New York, surely. There will be <laughs> enough salons in need of receptionists. And truly, the first day, like so many salons need receptionists in New right. York. Um, so I got hired right away at a high-end salon. Wow. And um, I get there and then find out once I start working that I am, in fact, below receptionist. I am not, I was not hired as a receptionist. I was hired as a floor person, <laughs> which is so much worse than receptionist. Oh, I no. couldn't be near the desk. I could not answer phones. I had to literally just circle the salon, pick no. up goopy rags filled <laughs> with chemicals and color and pour lemonade for the meanest women i've ever met no in my life that my first awful. day my first day was the one year anniversary of 9 11. <laughs> i thought that would be a reverent day of mourning of quiet reflection no every upper east side bitch was in there <laughs> getting a touch-up. I was like, you people are monsters. <laughs> you definitely lost someone and this is how you're spending this day. It was horrible. That is terrible. That's awful. I walked in on Ugh. day number three, Cammy. <laughs> day number three, wearing like the gay outfit, like a yes. black V-neck and like a black, like a black mm, pant with texture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sort of like a dress, like a dress wind pant. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It was sure. 2002, relax. Okay, okay, you're looking fierce up in the time. The woman who hired me sees me get off the elevator and she's like, oh, that's a little casual for us. What? Do you have a blazer to tie that all together? <laughs> tie what all together? The disparate elements of black and black? <laughs> what are you talking about? My all also, black no, outfit. Needs I see a, black? a stylist right now in a sports bra and a thong. <laughs> That's absolute trash. That's absolutely. So you had Just, to like dress a certain way. It was way? insane. That's crazy. She wanted me to dress up. I'm like, I will go home right now. She's like, No, you don't have to. I'm like, Ugh, Okay. You're like, and Thanks. That, yeah, that ended up being my last day. I was like, I would rather not have a job yet, a day job yet, right. than have this day job. That is actual trash. No, good. Good thing you left. It sounds miserable. So then I applied at a downtown salon. Oh, boy. And it was so fun for like a year. Oh, good. Oh, so good. So I, I answered phones at truly the gayest salon ever. Great. Um, on 19th Street between 5th and 6th. Yes, And Chelsea. it was so fun until I uh, was weirdly... Uh, gaslit and fired. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, plot twist. Okay, wasn't expecting that. Um, wow, how are you? Gas raises really close to each other, and obviously the owner was like, "Oh, I should not have given him." Like he makes a lot. Uh, yeah, I was not making a lot of money. Sure. 
but I'm sure in his head he was like, I could pay four bucks less an hour to someone to truly do the same thing. And so I'm going to tell Michael that like, we're having a problem with his behavior. I'm like, what? And then when that happened, I was like, I'm horrified that anyone thought that I've been rude or, or, um, abrupt with anyone and right. um if you if you could give me an example of of me doing that i would love to work on this and yeah. when he was like uh, i don't know if i have an example i was like oh i see what's happening here you were like oh you're you're trying to get rid of me yeah you just want to fire me that um, is fucked up well wh- right because he needs a reason yeah, yeah yeah that's fucked up that's fucked up but it was fun for a year man it was fun for a year. Oh, okay. Well then, and, uh, I, and, and I got to wear whatever I whatever I wanted, <laughs> other than shorts. Oh, okay. There you go. Oh wait, no. I could wear shorts. I could not wear jeans. What? That feels. But I weird. could wear black jeans. The only thing the owner was crazy. I mean, the owner eventually gaslit me and fired me. <laughs> yeah, but let's not forget. <laughs> let's not forget. So his other big rule, other than must gaslight, was. <laughs> You cannot, you cannot wear blue jeans. So people would come in with Crayola brand <laughs> red ass jeans looking a full mess. And that was acceptable, but blue jeans were not. Ooh, that it was is, crazy. That is psychotic. And uh, he psychotic. had the same day off every week. So yeah, now we wore blue jeans, honey. <laughs> Just full. Everyone's in a Canadian Every tuxedo. Every Monday, like, is, yes, in a Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> full, just head to toe. Just looking like Justin yeah, no. and Brittany at the 2001 <laughs> VMAs or whatever year that was. 100%. 100%. Oh, my God. Was it 01? Did I get it right? Um, I don't know. Should we Google it? Mm, not worth it should we just let's let our on. memory let's trust let's our memories just, whatever it is in our memory the two fans that listen to this like podcast in general will hopefully um check us on it but um yeah okay, i know cool. a lot of people talk about their process and all this stuff and they eventually talk about their like truly artistic process yeah i've had so many day jobs that i could only talk about the day jobs and never once talk about doing comedy oh my god <laughs> I mean, we could, we could do a part two, always down, um, <laughs> always down, because <laughs> I have nothing to do. Nothing. Uh, we have nothing to do. We are um, composed of time. We're composed fully, fully, fully. Um, okay. So during that time in 02 of your 0203, I guess when you switched yeah. salons, are you, um, are you also like d- pursuing comedy? Are you? Yes. Yes. I'm okay. in the one year program. At the American Comedy Institute, <laughs> which is a real school that does exist. It okay. is the reason that I moved to New York City. Holy shit. Where, and that's still a thing? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I'm not sure they do the one-year. I think they probably still do the one-year program. Great. Um, and that's, um, <laughs> that's the time I heard it. Honestly, crank it. Dance party. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> that was a slight gaff, and hopefully won't happen again. No, love it, love it, love it. Um, okay, so so you were at the institute, and you were um, you were learning and doing and absorbing doing the comedies there. Yeah, they had like um, sh- we learned short form improv. We right. learned 
stand-up writing, we learned sketch writing, we learned like comedy acting. Um, and that was Monday through Thursday, six to nine or 6.30 to 9.30, something like that mm-hmm. every day. So I just burped to deal with it. Um, it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fresca will do that, baby. And I got to hydrate. You love a good fresca. I love a good fresca. Yeah. If, if you want to convert this to an Alfresca podcast, I've got lots to say. <laughs> lots, lots, lots of Fresca. Lots of feedback. <laughs> lots of... <laughs> You're like... <laughs> pros and cons, Fresca. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, it's a long storied love affair. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. At the time, it, w- it was actually great to be in this one-year program. Um a, because like as kind of weird and goofy as it was, it, create, it created a structure for me in my first year in New York. And that was super important because um, yes. otherwise I would have just been a gay monster. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, party hard. In, in our first couple of years in New York, I, I moved here with two of my friends from college. Oh, great. Um, uh, we all were from Western New York. Mm-hmm. And... You could have asked us, like, name a day, and we will know which gay bar has the cheapest <laughs> drinks that night, what the theme is, what drag cream queen will be performing. We knew yes. everything. We that just wanted up. to immerse ourselves in New York gay culture, which is equal parts sad and, I don't know, great and hilarious. I mean, that's awesome. That's, like, makes sense for a 20-whatever-something-year-old, like, 22-year-old, yeah. You know, That's what you should be doing. Boy Hello. from a small city. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he just wanted to have cocktails and be fabulous all the time. Because that's correct. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it was Cocktails Fabulosity, the one-year program at the American <laughs> Comedy Institute, and answering phone calls uh, from Adina Menzel, for example, <gasps> who's a client at the salon. Thank you so much. No Lisey way. Lisey the original Becky. No, the original, yeah, Becky on Holy Roseanne. Shit. Oh, yeah, because Darlene was the other one. Okay. Um, and um, a lot of, like, Chelsea boys. Very cool. Very cool. And that a was... a $95 fade. Oh, wow. Okay. A lot. Yeah. A lot. That's right. Honestly, I don't want... Ugh. Well haircuts be expensive sometimes but um okay so that was your that was your world when you were first living in new york um slightly before that had you studied theater and you oh yeah that was like your life yeah i got my degree in acting from the university of buffalo great okay and did you like that was that a fun time (laughs) it was great my first year i went to suny stony brook because i got this full ride and like i got into this like prestigious school called the honors college and all this stuff it was like oh cool okay thinking like i'll do that and then there will be a theater program and i'm sure it'll be good and when i got cast as the lead in the first like the fall play as a freshman i was like i don't think this is competitive enough for me (laughs) okay okay i was there for two semesters and i was the lead in two plays and i was like (laughs) i think i need to in fact uh yeah have more of a challenge here yes yes Um, yes so it turns out that the university of buffalo my own hometown has an incredible theater program great um and so, yeah, I took, um, I t- 
took a lot of theater classes and eventually got my BFA in theater performance. Like that's what's specifically up. for like that track. Yep. Took a lot of musical theater classes. Yes. Um, and just kind of lived in that for a while. while Holy living. shit. Were at you? Parents house. <laughs> you were living at your parents' house, you said? Well, yeah. When I transferred back home. Yeah. Yeah. So you were living at home and going to college at the same time? Yeah. And how was that? It was great. Oh, you it loved great. it. Okay. I did because um, dorm life, certainly like living at Stony Brook was the loneliest year of my oh, life. Oh, shit. Like, okay. sure, I made friends, but like it was a purely commuter school. Mm. So once the, the school week was over, you had nothing to do. Oh, crap. Okay. So it was a lot of me listening to like REM and Bare Naked Ladies <laughs> and feeling my feelings. Okay. Gotcha. So you were, you were happy. (laughs) Just, you were just having a moment. Yeah. I was happy for the change. I, I'm one of those weirdos who likes his family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good time. And you have siblings? I do. I have a, I, I'm the oldest. So I have a, a brother who's four and a half years younger than me and a sister who's five and a half years younger. Wow. Sis is the baby bro. And then you. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And are they also in, in, theater and comedy oh absolutely not they're both they're two of the funniest people i know yes but they uh decided they weren't filled to the brim with hubris like i am so they (laughs) knew that it was the sensible thing was to get a real job and do real things Uh, so my brother's a teacher uh, and my sister's in advertising oh very cool very cool yeah um okay so you um you decided to pursue theater my I'm always curious about the decision to study it versus like try to maneuver it in your life after college. Were you hesitant to study it and commit to it? Was there any part of you that was no, like, it was, no. yeah, it was a were, straight ahead. Yeah. It was what I knew I wanted to do forever. So right. it was not a, there was no resistance from me. There was no resistance from my folks. Luckily Great. Um, it was just always what was going to happen. I think like, I guess like in my early teens, I thought like maybe I would try to become a like a comic book artist. Cool. And then I was like, I don't want to have to learn how to draw like the underneath of a car. <laughs> That's so boring. That's the worst part. Yeah. Or like uh, draw every detail in like a lab. Like, I don't care. I just want to draw people flying and punching. Right, uh, right, right, so right. once I knew like, oh, I guess I, I could. I guess I'm not passionate enough about it to get as good as you need to get. So, um, cool. So but I've always been passionate about, you know, sketch comedy and performing and acting and all of it. Definitely. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so you moved to New York and then got those day jobs started, um, started doing, studying at the Institute. So then what, then how did you eventually, um, were you like auditioning for stuff or were you, um, no, no. Okay. I mean, was I, no, (laughs) basically that first year was like looking in backstage, seeing like, none of this is for me. I'm not right for any of this, but always looking, um, maybe even occasionally like submitting a headshot and not hearing or whatever sure um so it's only once i was done with 
the American Comedy Institute. Um, I went to um, I went to a couple of like open calls for musicals that I thought I'd be right for. Sure. Um, like Avenue Q, uh, I definitely went to the cattle call, sat yeah. there for like three and a half hours with someone uh, that I used to be friends with, who oh. sucks. Uh, <laughs> hope you're listening. Hope you're listening. Um, Unnamed, but you know who you are. Hope you're listening. <laughs> you are the worst person. Um, but just sat, sat for like three and a half hours at the butt crack of dawn. <laughs> Lead to, I had puppeteering experience. I mean, the whole bit. Oh, shit. Cool. And you walk in. I didn't even know this was a thing. My whole... Uh, experience with musical theater in New York City has always been it happens to you and then you learn the name for it so (laughs) (laughs) so I handed the we like just truly walked in like in a large group and one by one gave our headshots to the casting director who looked at our face turned around looked at our resume for one second and went thank you (laughs) truly like a little gay goblin (laughs) Thank you. Leaving a slime trail wherever they go. And I was like, I'm never waiting for three and a half hours to not even get to squawk out my 16 bars <laughs> ever again. It I'm is fully trash. That, that, that experience. Is trash. That's, that's, it's, it's so disrespectful of yes. people who have upended their entire lives to do this yes. thing they love. And Every single person on the other side of that table at some point in their life, they were that person. Yes. And they've been beaten down by life and yes. have become bitter. Yes. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, that's, that's not what I'm into. So I, so I went to one more. I went to uh, um, You're a Good Boy Charlie Brown Ooh. equity call at the equity building. And I filled out, like you know, there's like the, if you're trash, if you're non-union trash, <laughs> you can sign in on this trash-ass list made of worse paper. With other trash. Thinner, <laughs> thinner paper. <laughs> and there was like, um, I, I, there was something like, I guess maybe the bathroom was on the other side of the hallway. You were not supposed to cross it if you were not equity, but I had to oh, go to the bathroom. Right. Um, what the hell? That's, so, that's messed up. So I went to the bathroom and I came back and the proctor who did not like freak out when I went there, but right. freaked out when I came back was like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I, I had to go to the bathroom. They're like, uh, yeah, well, you're not supposed to be past this line. I'm like, Oh, I guess I snuck past it. Right. They were like, well, sneak back or like just what? something so I was like I wasn't I'm trying so... to like get all the equity secrets. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And run back and tell the my little non act mice. What the hell? You just have to pee. What yeah, is was up just, like, with that? Deliberately choosing to be unkind was <sighs> like the certainly the timber of auditioning at first. Sure. Sure, sure, um, sure in New York. So I had very few auditions for a, a really long time. Right. The, the, the American Comedy Institute ends in like an industry showcase for everyone at home. I am making air quotes. <laughs> um, 
it is, you know, it was a Caroline's and it was supposed to be like, I mean, truly they pump this thing up like it is, you know, just for laughs or Aspen. (laughs) So we are thinking, oh my God, I can't wait to do my two minutes of stand up and two sketches at the show and I'll have a sitcom deal. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's what everyone really think it's gonna change I your life. A star. Yeah, you're just like, here I go. I got one mm-hmm. voiceover. <laughs> yes! Yes, 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 yes. That's the only thing that happened. You're and like, I God. was great in this showcase. <laughs> so it's like, what possibly could the rest of you have gotten? I mean, other people were also great in the showcase, but it's like nobody got anything good. Right, 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 right. Other than a year's worth of comedy instruction and structure, which is great. <laughs> which we love, yes. We yes. love, we love. Yes, um, yes. The experience, I wouldn't uh, exchange it. But yes. it was funny to think like, man, I'm going to be busy once this thing's over. Sure, oh, man, sure. I'm going to have to tell the salon like, oh, I can't come in. I'm testing. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I'm testing. I have this big show. I don't show. think we even knew the word testing yet. God. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so so auditions didn't happen for a good long while until um, I had been doing indie sketch in New York for maybe I don't know maybe like a year and a half two years at that point. Sure. Uh, and finally, like, got the attention of people who are in the position of sending you out on commercial auditions. Sure. But Was it took your... it took a minute. It took a hot minute. Um, were you trying, were you, um, how did you get into indie sketch? Were you, did you just meet people that were like also doing comedy stuff or where did you I see people? I answered a posting on the IRC, the Improv Resource Center message board. Uh-huh. A sketch group called Skeeger was looking <laughs> for, uh, new members and, uh, at this time, so so I was fired from the salon. Okay. And my roommate worked at, are you ready? Planet Hollywood, the restaurant, <laughs> which people can't even believe still exists. Everyone thinks that's a famously long deceased franchise. And I'm here to tell you, she's alive and not great, but she's not well. She's, she's alive. Uh, but hiring. she exists. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, <laughs> and the best part is I wasn't even, I, again, I didn't even rate as the thing I applied for. So I did not get hired as a waiter. I got hired as a cashier. Holy shit. Which is not, which is not like a gal who works the register. Right. But is in fact the person up in like this office that like handles all the cash at the end of the night. Uh, and like hey. does all this admin work. Mm-hmm. So I did that for four months. So I was there on my uh, on the computer at that at Planet Hollywood when I saw the <sighs> IRC posting God. for the sketch group. So I remember it very distinctly. Yeah, uh, lying right there and then in my little my little box office at Planet Hollywood on the and, third floor. Oh, and you were like, maybe this is gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like so, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So yeah, I joined this. It was like an audition and a callback, this process yeah. of getting onto this 
indie sketch team. I mean, it was intense mm-hmm. um, to get onto this indie sketch team called Skeeger. And we, it had already existed for some time. Uh, and I was on it until it disbanded in 2006. Okay. And were you, you, the group was performing around the city just at different venues and stuff? Yeah, we did a couple, we did a couple shows at Under St. Mark's. We did a show at the Red Room and Mm -hmm. then we did like a residency for like a while at the pit. Okay, hell yeah. And were you um, at that point when you got on that team, were you thinking that like you wanted to be a comedic actor that was your dream or how did comedy I've wanted to be on Saturday Night Live since I was eight years old. Yeah. So truly everything I've ever done it was in service of achieving that goal. Best cast. Name it. Just kidding. No, they're all great. Um, I mean, truly everyone does love the cast that they started watching. And I yeah. am, I mean, my OG cast was Mike Myers Phil Hartman, Dana Carvey, Jan Hooks. I mean, that is bananas. That is so awesome. I just watched Phil Hartman's audition on YouTube the other day. Just for fun. He is epic. He's He's so good. He's so, he's so like, he's just quirky and cool. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Um, So that's, that's, was the goal all along. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, once I got on a sketch group, I'm like, well, I'm going to start <laughs> writing a bunch of character sketches and doing my thing. And um, yeah, just trying to get anyone's attention at all. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, cool. So you were working in Planet Hollywood, doing your thing. Um, and then... <laughs> I, I became a waiter like four months ago. Well, yeah, you're like, I and moved out Tammy, to the You're not going to believe this. Please guess. I want you to guess the number of years I worked at Planet Hollywood. Oh, God. Don't do this to me. Um, two? Oh, my God. Would that I had worked there for two years. Three? Eight. No. I worked there for eight years. Eight. Eight okay. years. No. no. Well, but think about it. No. Think about it. Oh, God. Do I stay at the place that already knows me? I already know how to do this job. I've been here long enough where I can, like, call out and go to auditions and be a dick. And I also have health insurance. Oh, very good. Or... Do I say, oh, I don't want the distinction of having waited tables at Planet Hollywood for eight years and would love instead a smattering of bullshit places on my resume. Right. And keep having to relearn terrible menus over and over again and work for different cocaine addicts? No. Yeah, yeah. Stick to the... Better the cocaine addict you know. Yeah, yeah. Stick to the cocaine addict you know. Exactly. Um, that's a really good point, actually, that I'd love to talk to you about more, which is, like, finding a day job that is um, good enough for you to do the shit you actually want to be doing, um, which was sounds like it was Planet Hollywood for you for a while. Um, but, yeah, like, why not stay at a day job for as long as – I mean, as long as it's, like, serving its purpose, right? And Yeah, I mean, I think that people – I mean, and I don't know, ultimately, if – 
you know, because I didn't do the other thing. So I don't know if the other thing would have been better. Sure, sure. But to me, it stood to reason that, like, if I was like, I want something better for myself, it's like, I know I want something better for myself. This is the worst thing. The whole goal is to get out of this entirely. Yeah. But imagine having, like, a waiting tables job that you love it would take longer or be harder to get out of a hundred percent. It's like you, you want the job that you have during the day to feel like something you can easily just do to survive. And then after that, as long as it's not too exhausting, I guess for you to, but it sounds like you were, you had a flexible schedule. You were able to leave and do stuff if you needed to. Certainly not at first, but by the time I'd been there a few years, it's like, (laughs) it is insane how much turnover there is in a Times Square theme restaurant. I mean, I must have worked with thousands of servers. Mm-hmm. Truly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thousands of different people. Yeah. People I have met and long forgotten. Um, <laughs> but, you know, once that was my first job and it was like, yeah, I have this job and I'm going to keep it. Why change it anything else would have just been a lateral move that would have been in fact harder. And certainly I wanted the path of least resistance Yes, because think of something worse than waiting tables. I dare you. (laughs) Retail. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, probably. I mean, at least we made money. Right, 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 right. But I think in retail, like my ankle is dust. (laughs) My left ankle is Truly, just yeah. it's just bones <laughs> interacting on a bed of dust, and <laughs> and I don't know if that would have happened had I worked at like yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah or Laura. <laughs> oh god uh, then your wrists would be dust because you're just my wrists would this. be dust from all yeah. the folding. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have yeah. to do it with flair and panache. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to, right, right. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so eight years going strong. You're just like, eight hell yeah, I'm here. But that's, I mean, good. I feel like that's, I mean, obviously it worked for you because that's the choice you made and that's great. You're like, yeah. So, so then, so then what? So you were, you kept, you were on your team, the sketch team, you were at Planet Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Or is that your intro also to the UCB world? Or like, when did that sort of come into play? Um, my first class at UCB was right after I ended at the American Comedy Institute. Oh, so I was still okay. working at the salon and I took level one. It was called one. It wasn't called 101. <laughs> it's called level one. Yeah. Um, we did our homework on the backs of shovels and, um, uh, it was really fun. So, so this whole time I'm taking UCB classes, um, oh, great. not with the, uh, I, you know, I had to work hard to afford those classes and so I couldn't take them like super in close succession. like a lot of people were able to um so i took them when i could right um or i would like ask for help paying for a class for christmas or my birthday or something like that um 
So I'm doing that the whole time. And in the eight years, the <laughs> two <laughs> presidential terms that I worked at Planet Hollywood, mm -hmm. um, I was on two different indie sketch groups, mm -hmm. um, both which sort of began and ended. Uh, I got onto Mod Night. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was probably on Mod Night. I was on Mod Night for like two and a half years. And then uh, I got into the CBS Diversity Showcase, which is this thing in LA. Mm -hmm. So I had to leave New York. Whoa, scary. I had to uh, scary yeah um i lived with my partner still mm -hmm. do um so that was also scary but what wasn't scary is that i got to tell planet hollywood <laughs> that i was going to hollywood baby yeah <laughs> and i thought for sure it that part was great and i vowed like this is going to be my first and last restaurant job Great, good. What I good. should have vowed to myself was it was going to be the first and last day job of any kind. Mm. Because, of course, it did not end up being the first and last day job of any kind. But it certainly was the worst. Okay. I have not had a worse day job since. Good. Uh, wh why do you feel like you should have made that declaration to yourself at that time? Because, well, again, much like the American Comedy Institute showcase, <laughs> don't forget, in quotes, right. uh, industry, in quotes, um, the CBS diversity showcase was supposed to change my life forever. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be, you know, headlining a multi-cam sitcom for seven seasons. Um, right. So, like, I should be retired in my Malibu house now-ish. Uh, <laughs> now you know, okay. kicking back with a Mai Tai. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I just thought if I hustle and, and work hard enough in this showcase and just crush this showcase, I'm going to get the kind of reps I need to start going out, getting the type of TV credits I need to slowly but surely work my way into a, a career in television. Sure. And was that expectation set from other people having done the showcase or was that sort of like built up in your, like, how did that work? Yes, it was, yeah. it was definitely set by both uh, people who had succeeded um, wildly in the showcase right. and my <laughs> always healthy sense of self. <laughs> Hell Man, yeah. if there's one thing I can always count on, <laughs> it's that I think I'm pretty great. I mean, good. Good. That's healthy. Sometimes good. Sometimes it's like, Michael, <laughs> come on, man. Whatever. It's better to be confident than feel, I don't know. Now, the nice thing, uh, and this is, this is really where, like, the, this podcast, like, this ties in very nicely with what this show is. Wonderful. I, <laughs> this is wild. Um, so I couldn't have a job in LA because I was rehearsing for this showcase and it was right. smack in the middle of the day. So it's not like I could work nights because I would have had to be at work before rehearsal was over. And it's not like I could work during the day because I'd have to be at rehearsal before the shift was over. Right. So it was just like, it was, it was designed to oppress this process. And I mean, truly, what a nightmare. <laughs> Fully, oh. top to bottom nightmare. 
Um, oh, sounds awful. Everyone who was working on it no longer is there. It's in a well-publicized uh, thing that happened. Oh, but anyway, anyway. Um, I quit my job at Planet. Right. Like, so there was no thought that I'd have any I mean I had like a little bit saved like a right. tiny little bit but for some reason VH1 asked me right before I left to go out to LA and pitch show concepts for them and it was a day of work like they paid me uh-huh. So I was able to say that I left my job at Planet Hollywood <laughs> for a one-day job at VH1 in Los Angeles, California, and that qualified me for New York State no. unemployment. <laughs> because that's the work that ended. The VH1, I was like, well, I <laughs> lack of work. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I, I've been laid off by VH1. It was a it was a really beautiful afternoon, but things didn't work out, and so now I have to get collect unemployment. So I collected unemployment the entire time. That is hilarious. Los Angeles. Yes, good. And it was very helpful. That's amazing. I mean, good, right? They should be paying you anyway. If you're out there, they won't. You can't work. Like that's trash. truly, yeah. Ugh, well so and i asked i was like here's what's happening i didn't lie about one thing on this application right and i got it and you fucking so got it. i gotta feel okay about it yeah yeah no yeah this one off your back that's hustling baby that's what's up do what you need to do so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally literally so um very cool so you're so you're out in la you're like excited and pumped for this um pumped for this showcase you're like my whole pumped. life is going to fucking change, change are you forever. Huh, change forever yeah so it's hyped you're ready you're prepared you um are you with do pe other people that are also like that you had performed with before or are these yes. all new people yes okay so you uh, so people. one of the people in the showcase and i know no one's heard of her um but i was on a sketch team with her for a year and a half her name is kate mckinnon oh um, um yeah no cat. one's heard of her mm, yeah uh, Don't Court know. Court and she, very nice she was in the showcase with me wow um and uh i actually knew her from way back i was the um I was the writer's assistant for the pilot presentation of the Big A Sketch Show. Oh, cool. Uh, so, so me and Kate go way back. Uh, yeah. It was very fun to like get on Mod Night and not only get on Mod Night, but then get on Mod Night with Kate. I was like, oh, this is great. That is so awesome. So you two performed together on Mod? Oh, yeah. We were on the team High Treason together for like that a year and a half. So dope. Yeah, it was dope. So yeah. it was very nice to have like people I knew, like I knew Kate, um, uh, Tony Rodriguez is someone who was uh, a performer at UCB in New York before moving to LA and he was in the showcase. So it was nice to have him there. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, I had like a cool support system. One of my best friends, Steven um, was one of the assistant directors. So it was like a great, it, it was, I, 
<laughs> going to LA at all is horrible and lonely and bad. And it yeah. was for me too, even though I knew so many people and had people looking out for me. So I can't imagine what it's like for people who moved to LA with not that, with right. not those things, with not a support system. Yes. Um, Cause it's truly terrible anyway. So ugh. It's so, it's um, hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's very isolated. So it's hard to connect with people. Yeah. So, um, so I do this showcase. <laughs> you crush it. I, I mean, it went great. It did. Yeah. Um, but the people who called were not the biggest agents and the biggest management companies. And I was crushed. Yeah. Yeah. It was crushing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I signed with a management company that did a very good job of selling themselves to me and then a piss poor job of managing my career. <laughs> the guy who took me on left nearly immediately. Like in that moment, you mean? When no, he- like like uh three months later oh oh okay like i signed with this company and my point person was this guy josh and then and then i get an email from the company telling me josh is no longer with the company josh didn't even email me and be like (laughs) or shoot me a text bro you're like trying to send him an email plenty of texts (laughs) when you were trying to get me to sign yeah yeah. Because weirdly, and this is like, I don't know if it's fate or it's not fate, it's just a pure coincidence. But the first night of the big industry showcase, I also was in an episode of 30 Rock that aired. Awesome. So I don't know how anyone even knew, but but this guy was like also like he called me, left a message like, I want to meet with you, I want to rep you. And then left a follow-up voicemail that was like, I just saw you on 30 Rock. You were hilarious. I'm like, this guy is the guy. You're like, he lo- <laughs> he, he's obsessed with me. Josh, the you're The person my man. obsessed with me, he's the guy. He's the yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I did have a lot of meetings, and that was exciting and cool. Um, but, you know, I wanted to have even fancier meetings. Sure. I'm, a, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> So I mean, uh, everyone like that's not a piece of shit. That's like uh, I feel like it's good to say it because a lot of people that's what people want. No one wants to say it. You want the number one prize? The best shit. Who wants number whatever? You're always it's like you're always gonna. You want vegetarian dish? No. You want steak a poivre, baby? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. So, um, so I signed with this manager. Cool. I still cool. do not have a job. I'm just auditioning. Oh, at this point. So you're, you you go back to New York, though. I'm still this. in L.A. You're still in L.A. And w- what st- year is this? This is 2012. 2012. Okay, so you're so, still in L.A. So I leave, in, I leave for L.A. in November of 2011, and I'm there through May of 2012. Oh, shit. You're there for like six, seven, seven months. months. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we do the showcase. I sign... And then it's pilot season. So it's like, well, I got to stay and hang out for pilot season and see what happens. Right. So I go in for a couple pilots, you know, like pre-reads, like nothing. Right. Um, they go, they come, they go. But great to have like 
tried. Yes. Um, then I book a, a Hanes commercial <gasps> with Michael Jordan. Oh, shit. Oh, awesome. So a bunch of money. So, so I am like, fine. Um, as far as, you know, my finances, I'm not like destitute. Right. Um, and the amount of debt I've put myself into <laughs> going to LA, I'm able to crawl out of. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. Um, so then right at the end of pilot season, this manager gets me a meeting with an agency. So then I signed with the agency. And now it's like, well, I can't go back to New York yet. I gotta yeah. like try to get some work through this agency. Right. My partner, thrilled, obviously. Just <laughs> obviously he's um, loving it, yeah. <laughs> ob- loving it. Loving it. Just Stay loving longer. Stay longer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, loving it. So happy, so pleased with me. Right. Um <laughs> So I come close on a couple of things. I do book four lines <gasps> in a film. Ooh. Very... What film? Are we? Uh, it's are called we Small Time, <laughs> which is appropriate. <laughs> um, it does star Chris Maloney okay. and Bridget Moynihan and Dean Norris. Mm. And those are all big-ass names, I feel like. Yes, very cool. And it was... Written and directed by Joel Cernow, who's definitely the Republican creator of the show 24. Very cool, very cool, very cool. Um, and my scene is with Chris Maloney and Bridget Moynihan, and I yeah. am their gay waiter. I am credited as effete waiter. <laughs> and Chris Maloney and Joel Cernow definitely talk in the commentary track for a small time about how good I am. In oh it. my god! Yeah. Very cool win. That is a win. Hell yeah. Here's the big win. I mean, look, I don't know if you know this. Chris Maloney is an attractive person. (laughs) And uh, it became clear that he was enjoying playing this scene with me. Mm. But I'm like, oh my God, I have to talk to Chris Maloney and he is attractive. Right, right. So I start from the opposite side of the set at the beginning. Right. And then I, so I start near the bathrooms, but then Chris Maloney has to go to the bathroom. So Chris Maloney starts walking towards me. And as he passes me, he slaps me (gasps) on my flank. (laughs) And he says, you're funny. And I was like, can I get a pants change? Wardrobe, please. You're like fully creepy. <laughs> he hit me. I mean, because of course that's all I wanted him to do was just hit oh me. Oh my god! And he god. sure did. And, and said in a low grumble, "You're funny. You're funny." Honestly, oh at that point, God, that's all you need. You quit everything. You whatever that you like made it at that point. Um. <laughs> holy shit that's epic so i do this and it is fun but it's like it's summer now so there's no like episodic shooting there's nothing really happening so i decide to go home okay to new york great (laughs) oh (laughs) but of course i make my plans to go home and then i get a callback for a reese witherspoon film Oh, okay. So now and I have to fly back to LA for less than 24 hours to audition for the director. 
which I absolutely pay for and do. You paid out of pocket for. Didn't get it. Shit. Do you know who? Yes, I totally paid out of pocket for it. You know who got it? Who? Martin Henderson, what? who is the male lead in The Ring and Torque. What? We look nothing alike. Uh, it was actually like a movie about the Central Park Five. Oh. No, not the Central Park Five. Another group of boys who were accused of murder who are different from the Central Park Five. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Now I'm embarrassed. The, no, the, um. You know I who I'm talking about? Um, I don't think so, because I'm not really good at murder uh, history, um, but... Uh, your, your listeners will know there's other murder boys who didn't murder, but were accused of murder. And anyway, I was... Oh, the Manson. Are you talking about the Manson? No, you're not talking about No. No, yeah, okay, okay. No, it's something else. Okay. Um, but I was called back to play this lawyer, and it, it was good, but like they obviously gave it to someone famous. <laughs> Um, right. So yeah. So I didn't get that, and then I just sort of stayed in New York. Okay. Um. um right. From so you, 2013, from tw- mid 2012 on, mostly I've been in New York again. Been chilling in New York. Was there ever a time since 2012 where you thought about moving back or 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 going back to LA for brief stints or? I went really. for pilots. So I went for two weeks the fall that fall of 2012, mm-hmm. and then I went for six weeks for the following pilot season. Okay, and you were auditioning for stuff then too obviously. I was. I got, so I don't think I got, maybe I got one audition for that two-week stint, which was like, why am I doing this? Um, But then, when I was there for pilot season, it was crazy. I was there a full month before anything happened at all, and then I got two producer sessions. (laughs) Yeah. So I, like, just did well. So I got to audition for, like, big old directors and producers um you know and all these like much more accomplished than me uh ucb guys were all like at the callbacks with me sure uh they were both fun and they both went great um but you know i didn't test but it still felt like a win um and by this time i've segued into walking dogs oh in new york in New York, my 2012, okay. my late 2012, early 2013 job was walking dogs, <laughs> which I thought I would like. Okay. So you went, so this is your 10 year mark now from 02 to 2012. You've gone from. Oh yeah, I guess. Cammy, <laughs> Jesus, don't rub it in girl. Um, <laughs> so, so your 10 year, but, but, it, um, but interesting to see how at 10 years, your day jobs are staying lateral, but like your career is popping. Like the career you want to pop is like, I mean, from where you started. It's definitely right? more. There's definitely more happening. I, I, by yeah. this time, I've booked quite a few national network commercials, right? Which is great for money. Um, and you know, now I have reps who I don't think kind of quite. They weren't the right reps for me, for sure. sure. They weren't like comedy reps. 
Um, so they, they weren't the right fit. And that okay. became clear, you know, soon enough. Um, so I was walking dogs off the books. Right. Was not fun. Thought it would be fun. I was given all the bad dogs. No. Yeah, because it was a small little company. And so the owner, you know, wanted to walk the dogs he wanted to walk. <laughs> and all the bullshit dogs that he didn't want to walk, he gave to me. Oh, no. Were they... So um... I had a dog I wasn't allowed to touch. <laughs> you figure that shit out. How that dog <laughs> got out the door with me. I wasn't allowed it? to touch the dog. How did you put the harness on? Yeah, like, isn't that it... a physics nightmare? <laughs> so, so, so I would just see you with the treat, like. Oh, uh, so I would get into the apartment. Yeah. The dog would immediately hate me. He was already wearing his <laughs> shitty harness, and I would have to clip it as quickly and seamlessly as I could, so that he didn't take my finger off. That is so funny. Why were you not allowed to touch this dog? Was it a demon dog? Or... Because he would have, yes, he would have bitten, oh. bitten me. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was yeah, like yeah, made yeah. of like silk or something. You couldn't like touch no, it. No, no, no. The, okay. the owner wasn't a lunatic. They were looking okay. out for my safety, but it was still crazy. <laughs> okay. Psychotic. Oh my God. Um, okay. So you're doing, so you, that's your day job for a while. And then for a while, uh, for, <laughs> for a while, um, while you're, so then I get what might've been, might've been the best, no fuss, no must day job I've ever had in my life. Okay. Which was writing topical copy and promos for logo television. Cool. So I did like this web series i think in 2012 mm -hmm. no 2011 i remember because i went to see snl uh for the first time in 2011 uh -huh. and then had to be up at the crack of dawn the next day to shoot this web series no i don't recommend it to anyone nope short turnaround don't like it no not good not good so the boom operator on that shoot worked at logo mm -hmm. and i think i was watching drag race and talking to the director and the cast just about like my picks of queens and i guess i had like funny things to say about all of them because a couple of weeks later that boom operator got me a job writing uh an absolute vodka interactive campaign for that season's queens cool and that was so well received that they then hired me to come in for three hours a day monday through friday and just write like some jokes and mm -hmm. leave. <laughs> that sounds like a dream that's did, was did you enjoy that might have been the best day job yeah that sounds like a really good job. You're doing what it you was love. It good for like, I mean, I didn't love it because like, right. it could, I couldn't tell like funny jokes. Right. 
they all like logo was definitely like its brand identity was changing truly by the minute so like one week it had to all be like yes mama work bitch yes queen pumps work (laughs) and then the next week it would be like so we absolutely have to veer away from all drag race references i'm like oh cool the only thing that butters your bread you want to stay away from great you guys are so smart Everyone in television is so smart. You guys are geniuses. I you love guys are a jahudiuses. <laughs> so, <laughs> truly, we. Uh, <laughs> I had to write like a like pr- these like this little short form thing called the gayest cartoon competition or something like that. Uh huh. Um, where it was like March Madness, but for like cartoons and their level of gayness Mm -hmm. but it was happening right as they were going into one of their like bullshit we're actually not a gay network we're in we're a network inspired by the gay community so i i was told this is crazy i mean you can't write this they sent my scripts back and they said that i had to remove the word gay from my scripts what what is this 1940s america what's going on not only is it not 1940s america but it is a campaign called the gayest cartoon competition so if we aren't talking about the cartoons and how gay they are what pray tell good sirs and madams are we talking about was the craziest oh it was just so insane that's not okay For the first few months of it, it really was great. Right. And then it started getting bad like that. Mm -hmm. And then for the last few months, I think everything I wrote and sent was not even being read. Oh. And though it does pain me in a, like, spiritual way to have my work and my worth be regarded in such a low way it was certainly once i knew it was great how much money i was getting (laughs) or no feedback no return yeah they didn't use anything i did and i'm pretty sure no one read anything i did Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. months months yeah that's insane and i was getting a pretty good hourly wage sure i mean yeah, that's that sounds good. As long as you're, I don't know. Were you um, in that moment, I guess, while you're doing this job, it sounds like that's the first day job you had that was in the, in the realm, besides your shoots that you were doing, obviously, like your the movies and commercials that you were shooting. That's like the first nine to five that you had that was in the realm of uh, comedy and entertainment in some capacity. Right? For sure. For sure. Um... It was certainly the first time that anything I wrote ever aired on television. That was exciting. That's so um, awesome. There were certainly a couple of times. I mean, there was like, and I bet you it was nine days long. There was a period where we were doing more like visual video jokes. And that stuff was so fun. It was so funny. Um, was the queen, maybe the queen visited the States? Or something oh maybe there was a moment in this like period that. and we photoshopped her head onto all these di- it was so fun and funny <laughs> like just figuring out how to like 
write for the screen and write for like these graphic artists to like be creative. Mm-hmm. That stuff was so fun. Um, yeah. We also wrote like a Vine soap opera, like a 22 episode full season of a soap opera. But of course, each episode is six seconds long. That's so fun. But it had a beginning, middle and end arc. And then I got to be in it and I got to cast it. Um, that stuff was so fun. That's so there so were like fun. these little these little pockets of glory in um in doing that at logo. Mm-hmm. Um and, and a lot you? of bullshit on either end. Sure. I mean as all day jobs. But yeah. in terms of like your were you at that point considering sort of following that path and were you were no or, no so you were still no, ma'am yeah not, not ma'am. interested not no interested. I, I was still like well this will do until i'm on saturday night live <laughs> a thing i believe will happen still yeah why the fuck not no i mean i'm talking as my 2013 and 2014 self oh well, <laughs> i don't know even now leslie jones you know you never know uh, i'm not that old how dare you <laughs> Cammy, we are enemies. <laughs> you hang up. Um, I'm like, okay, thank you so much. Sorry. Right. We're fighting and we're mad. Good, 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 good. Um, uh, um, great. So, <laughs> so at that point, you're like, you're like SNL or bust still, even though I have, even though Absolutely. you have this, this day job that is still creative, it's not the thing, right? So you're still going to- It's not the thing. So where are you at in terms of um, uh, UCB life, in terms of management life? Okay. Um, so also, it's, so this is like 2013 to 2015. Cool. So um, what is happening? I <laughs> chaos <laughs> ensues. Um, I don't remember anything so for three. <laughs> I'm doing Mud Night. I also get onto Lloyd Night, and I'm doing. And then I get on a Herald Night. And okay. in addition to all of that stuff, uh, Justin Tyler and I have started this character workshop collective, where we're putting up characters, getting feedback, and we do a we're doing a monthly showcase of our favorite ones that we've been working on that month called characters welcome yes um so we're doing that and that is the first like big step towards constantly generating material so that when it comes time every year to make that snl tape you've got a lineup of bangers yes that you can put on a tape uh and send and you know fingers crossed showcase for Mm-hmm. Um, and did you two pitch that idea together to UCB? You were like, look, we think this we, is cool. Yeah, we emailed. Oh, sorry. I can't believe how easy it was. It yeah. was just, Justin and I talked about it pretty briefly. We emailed Nate Dern. He immediately says, this sounds great. How about Saturday, <laughs> December 29th at 7.30 p.m.? East Village. Yes, we will do that. Yes, thank you. Great. Uh, so we did our first show. Kate McKinnon was our special guest. It That's sold so, out. Uh, it was an absolute jam. Uh, and we did it every month since. And, and then it became house teams and all that stuff. And all the um, good. Yeah, so that's yeah. happening. Um, 
I get to showcase for SNL in summer of 2014. And that gets me a meeting at what eventually becomes uh, my manager and the company that I'm still with. Got it. 2014. Yeah. So and then in late, let's go oh, ahead. Oh, sorry. You go. No, you have a follow-up question. I'll well, answer. I was going to ask in 2014, is the showcase at UCB or is that? Yes. That is. Okay. It's at UCB Chelsea. Great. I go right after Pete Davidson. Oh, God. Which, and his set was? Low energy stand-up. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else is doing characters for Jesus. Wigs, accents, all the tricks. <laughs> Impressions voices yeah. he goes out there and is very funny um and then <laughs> i go out there and truly my first move is like <laughs> you can't stop me from hairspray and i go out and <laughs> dance. i'm doing choreo and i do a cartwheel you can't stop the beat from it's hairspray? Like, hi if this is a character yeah it was like a broadway my first character was a broadway <laughs> podcaster yeah. <laughs> Cartwheel, applause break. I start my character. Shit. Yeah, it went well, but I didn't test once again. Yeah. Fuck that noise. Uh, it's making rap videos in his basement in Stan Island. <laughs> so, uh, <sighs> but now I have like these characters I've worked on um, a lot. And right. right after that showcase, there was another NBC showcase. And it was kind of nebulous what it was for. And uh, we all did our characters and, you know, trotted out our garbage once again. And then I forgot about it. Right. So I booked this week-long trip to Walt goddamn Disney World for yes. uh, my partner's birthday. Yeah. So all of the restaurant reservations have been made. We're staying at the deluxe resort Animal Kingdom Lodge, honey. <laughs> yeah. It's all great. <laughs> so then I get a phone call in like, truly like October. This is for November. I get a, a phone call in October. It's like a, a manager I was freelancing with at the time. And he's like, um, guess what you're doing on November 14th? And I'm like, I know exactly what I'm doing on November 14th. I'm going to the Mickey's Very Merry yeah. Christmas Party <laughs> in Orlando. And he's like, no, you got this sketch comedy showcase in LA. I'm like, Holy what? Shit. I did. What? So it's this like NBC Universal sketch comedy showcase. It's 10 times better than the CBS diversity showcase. Great. Because A, you're not like trotting out your diversity, which right. I think, I mean, I'm probably one of the last people to talk to about this, but there's a point where diverse people don't want to trot out their stereotypical thing their diversity yeah. is for. Yeah, you're just like, I'm a person. Right. All right. Well, be a fag now. It's like, <laughs> or, or I'll do what I think is funny. Yeah. Um, and this showcase was not that. And instead of this 
this insane four month long process, it was two weeks long. Mm. And instead of doing it uh, on the cheap and paying no one, we all got paid and we all got put up. Um, So it was a completely different experience. It was great. Wow. We, oh, and I changed, I changed my trip to the following week. And it was horrible and stressful, but I did it. I got all my reservations back. So we still went to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Okay. You did it it all. So you did the, you did the showcase and you did. Yeah. Christmas extravaganza. Yeah. Yeah. I did the showcase and then truly I flew back from LA and then the next day we flew to Orlando. Oh my God. Um, But, uh, so this was like Mick Napier, like improv legend, the annoyance in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, he directed the showcase uh, for NBC universal and we got to put up really funny shit. And um, then like half of the cast would be selected to get like a holding deal with NBC universal at the end of it. Wow. I knew I was going to find out like my last full day in Disney world. And I was like, well, <gasps> it can be a really fun happy day or maybe like a little bit of a sad day and I felt like I did really well in the showcase and like probably would get a holding deal mm-hmm. but baby when you get it mm, mwah, mwah, mwah. Uh, so it was very fun I was looking at gazelles at the time because oh was my god Animal Kingdom Lodge and the and my manager that I was freelancing with was like you got the whole <gasps> oh good Oh, good. Okay, good. And then the restaurant we were at provided us with complimentary champagne. Oh, champagne. I mean, you know, and that was a far cry from how my life was a few years prior. So, yeah, I guess things are, I guess the hustle is paying off a little bit. Yes. Awesome. So then I used that holding deal, which nothing happens. I mean, we don't even get an audition for anything. It was just like another lump sum of money, which bitch i'll take it yeah um but i used the fact that i got this holding deal to like seal the deal with who is still my manager got it okay okay so they were like we like that you're that this is happening for you we will confirm yeah got it okay and um the other thing is oh so that happens and then it's Christmas. Then Christmas <laughs> and then happens. Two weeks later, I get this email from my manager that's like, is this something you might want to go in for? And it's an email about School of Rock. <gasps> yes. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Okay. And what year is this now? This is. This is now early, early 2015. Early 2015, you're getting an email about being on the Broadway. Correct. Right. Um, which still felt like, yeah, I'll go in for it. I mean, it's not like they're going to care. They're going to make fun of me and I'm going to leave and be ashamed. Right. Uh, so getting cast in School of Rock <laughs> was a big surprise. <laughs> right. You were not expecting that to happen. Uh, no, not close. Not mm-hmm. close to expecting it. Well, um, why is that? Because you were, you have a BFA, right? And you were auditioning for musicals when you first got to New York. So it's almost kind of like this full, it's like, you know, 
Yes, but I guess when you take 12 years off from something, you don't expect it to be A, you don't expect to A, get like an appointment for like the lead in a Broadway musical and then to get all the way to final callbacks. It was just very shocking. Yeah, sure. Um, It was very shocking because the material was hard. I mean, the role of Dewey, the lead role of Dewey in School of Rock is an incredibly uh, vocally strenuous role. And though I knew I'd be very funny, (laughs) that part I was not worried about. I, I was super worried about, I mean, I can sing, but can I sing, can I Broadway sing? And it turns out, I guess I can, because I, I mean, did. They thought you could, and obviously they you could. They thought yeah. I could, and I yeah. sort of did. So Yeah. Um, um, and what was very nice, it was almost like, ooh, delicious crumb, was that <laughs> uh, in the dressing room, of the Gramercy, which was where we did the the off-Broadway production, uh, the workshop production. Uh I got an email from Logo that was like, yeah, I think we're gonna wind down. I think, you know what? I think we're gonna wind down with you. And it's like, I guess that's fine. Definitely this fall going to be a Broadway actor. So I guess I don't need your bullshit write three jokes and send them off into a meaningless void. Yeah, like a job anymore. Right. I guess I don't need that anymore. Right. Um, so I was once again in between the off-Broadway and Broadway production, able to get on my sweet baby friend unemployment. Yes, there she is. She's uh, back. She's back, and she is so giving. She was way. brief. Okay. She was only for the summer. I oh. mean, think about it. Getting just the summer off and knowing you're about to have the highest paying job of your life. Right. I mean, it's nice. That's so great. So you're in like a good headspace. You're, oh my God. From late, from summer of 2014 to March of 2017, those were the days, baby. Those were the days. Everything Those was were going days. well. You were crushing all the showcases. You got Broadway. You don't yeah. have to do your day job anymore. Right. You're just like living it. And then I got to leave my Broadway show for a TV writing job. What? That's crazy. That For what show? I wrote on a show called Throwing Shade. Uh, it was like a late night variety show on TV land that ran for 10 glorious episodes. Yes. In the post- inauguration glut of late night variety programming topical nightmare Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so and you uh, you got to leave broadway to do that correct so i had to go back to la once again wow for four and a half months yeah wow okay so you and your partner were separated obviously at that time by distance yes by distance yes not by love no, not by love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the love is there. Um, okay. Um, did you go back to the show after to School of Rock or that was your, um, that was it? So it turns out once you quit a Broadway show and they hire a new guy, 
it is frowned upon to <laughs> rest <laughs> control of that role. That no, there was no way to re-enter the show. Um, but I knew like my goal, like the whole reason I exist, I guess, is because I want to make comedy on television. So even though I had this great job on Broadway, if someone's like, we want you to make comedy on television, you know I'm gonna go do it. Wow. I had to do it. I had to do it and I stand by doing it. I'm really glad I did it. Um, but yeah, it meant returning to New York jobless um, for a year and a half. Wow. And if you had stayed at School of Rock, how much longer would you have been in that role? Or was there like a... I could have been in until the show closed in January of 2019. Wow. I could have been. You, if you wanted to, right. But you were yeah, just... Cause yeah, because on some uh, principal contracts, uh, the production can say like, a year, you've been here a year. Uh, great we're going to get someone else to do it. They verbatim. cannot do that with the ensemble. Okay. You have to like, you have to do something rough to mm -hmm. lose your job in a Broadway ensemble. Mm -hmm. um, if you choose to continue to be there. Gotcha. So, um, so I could have done that, but I'm really glad I didn't. Um, I also got to go back into the show for a four week stint and a two week stint, including the last two weeks of the production. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that was cool. So that's really to like really cover cool. people who were who were on vacation or left the show early. Super cool. Um, yeah. Also, I just I just quickly glanced at the clock and realized it's almost we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. I hope that's okay. Oh, is it okay with your show? That's fine with me. I'm happy to chat. I just wanted to check in quickly oh, and and make sure that that's cool. Um, if someone wants to ask me a bunch of questions about myself, I'm only too pleased to answer them. <laughs> Great. Um, good, 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 good. I just want to make sure you don't... Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Is it okay if you talk about yourself longer? <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. narcissist. Do you want to <laughs> keep flapping your jaw? Yes. Yes, I do. That's actually how I wanted to phrase the question, but I just... Right. You should have... <laughs> <laughs> good um uh, hilarious okay so you <laughs> you were just saying that you got to circle back quickly to the broadway show um a nice like cap to your to your time there um yeah great um but really your goal and was always to do comedy on television in some capacity, even if it meant leaving a Broadway show, which I feel like is speaks to the, you know, just how much you wanted this thing and how important it was to you. Um, it's not just about like doing anything creative. It's like a specific goal. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. gotta be the, you gotta do the thing you want to do most. Right. Right. Or at least the thing closest to the thing you want to do. Right. I mean, sometimes, you know, being in, a, being in a show like that, it lends itself so easily, especially in the position I was in, to big time imposter syndrome. I mean, oh, sure. there were so many times I didn't think I had any business being there amongst all these people who this has been their whole life since they were kids. They've just wanted to be on Broadway and do musicals, and that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. So it, 
And there's also people I know who have never been on Broadway and it's all they want in their whole life. And that feels so unfair. Right. Um, so yeah, like it was very fun, but I knew that a TV writing job was what I wanted so much more. You're like, without a doubt, that's what's up. Isn't that yeah. so funny how it's like, it's like everyone has their version of SNL in different industries and it's like, you never know. And, and somehow it's all, it's just, yeah, it's all weird, but. We've all got um, our SNL. And we've all got our, our SNL. sometimes our SNL is Drag Race and sometimes our SNL is a Broadway show and sometimes our SNL is being the head of neurosurgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool so you're after your writing gig you move back you're in LA you move back to New York after yeah. obviously after that, right? yeah. um and uh and what is your day job when you come back uh nothing, nothing. so I am okay. now this is the this is maybe the roughest period oh shit okay <laughs> it's stitching together a living from substitute teaching at UCB and okay. coaching got it which feels crazy because now it's been years since i've had to do like dog walking is so long ago for me and even that was very brief mm -hmm. so to do a year and a half of i'm just scraping by and like and also am on unemployment mm -hmm. so and then that unemployment runs out. <laughs> so now I'm like really having to teach as much as I possibly can. Uh, eventually I get a couple of regular classes. Um, and I do book like a couple of little acting things that are great. Um, but yeah, it was like a bleak time. I got close on other writing jobs and didn't get them. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, yeah, it's like, a, it's like, eef. It's, it's so, hard. so to hear that Shannon O'Neill was stepping down as the artistic director of UCB Theater in New York, I was like, oh dear. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. I've got to apply for this job. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I've got to be an adult and apply for this job. Uh, and apply for it, I did. Wow. Dun, 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 uh, yeah, so I did that for... A year and a half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I must say, my career was better when I was waiting tables. <laughs> 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 it was kind of, uh, it was rough, man. Yeah. It was actually pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, as far as, not like... I mean, I was still productive. I still did like a bunch of writing packets and uh, I wrote a pilot. And so I kept myself busy with other projects while I was doing this. But then once people know, once people in comedy know you're doing this thing, they just accept that that's the thing you're doing and that's what they want you to do. Sure. And by so no one was asking me to do other things. So, you, and you mean like the industry yeah, I, yeah. I mean, and I have no way of knowing if that's real or not, but it certainly felt like people now see me in this administrative sure. talent management capacity. Uh, and I would like that to be 
over with and dispelled as soon as possible. You're like, enough is enough, right? Yeah. Did I? Right. I think it would. It was going to end like this. No, I didn't. <laughs> but um, right. But yeah, it was interesting because you know, I think from the outside looking in, you'd think like, oh, and now he's got like the inside track on comedy or something like that. But it actually felt more. It felt further away than it had ever felt. So interesting. And why, why do you think that is? Because I think people were seeing me as the person who helps other people get those things. Right. And right. that is like, I like doing that. I mean, I certainly like, you know, I love collaborating and I love fostering talent and, and making things happen for people who are great. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. But I also love me. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I believe in myself and I still do. Uh, and so to have this like weird dry spell um, felt bad. It felt yeah. real, real bad. Yeah. What, um, what motivated you to apply? Were you just, you were just like, I feel like I need something. I, I needed a big boy job. Yeah. And I knew that I was like, I was the best person for the job. Right. Right. And you obviously cared about the theater and stuff, but you, it was, yeah. Totally. I yeah, still yeah, yeah. do. Right. Um, uh, yeah. I, I just knew like, <laughs> A, I knew it would be a thankless like nightmare. Did I know that it would be such an immediate nightmare and how thankless it would be? No, I did not. Right. But um, I'm still proud of the work I did there. And I still, it's still one of the great honors of my life to have been able to do that and to be trusted to do that. Um, but yeah, like it was hard. It was hard. Sure, 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 sure. So you, um, I truly can't imagine the stress and the time and the hours and all of that. <laughs> It's just like, I literally, wow. Um, But it sounds like you weren't expecting it to be as hard as it was, maybe. I mean, I was definitely expecting it to be hard. I wasn't expecting, I mean, things like teetering on the brink of collapse almost as soon as I took the job that I was not expecting and not prepared for. And uh, I wasn't hired to handle that that's not my area oh you're talking about the theater yeah what were you i thought about? i thought you were saying you collapsed <laughs> oh, <laughs> you had no. a moment of coll- i was like are you okay no i'm okay. great okay oh my god i was like Holy. <laughs> i mean it's it brink of collapse nearly made me collapse but right okay you're talking about the i knew it would be a lot of work just learning how the theater worked and juggling the calendar and just all of the administrative and artistic decisions that need to that go into running a theater so to add a financial crisis on top of it was like well this is in no way what i signed up for i already reluctantly signed up for this so now for this this cancer (laughs) to come in is just not not what i wanted Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, to, and to have fought back and to get the, to get the place, to get the theater into a better place felt like an accomplishment. And 
now it's it, that iteration of it is over yeah and that yeah. feels very crazy yeah how weird this certainly is not how i thought it would go mm. how'd you think it would go i'm sorry you cut out oh sorry i cut out oh um how oh can you hear me sorry my internet sucks yeah um you how how did you how did you think it would go i mean i guess i thought like (laughs) woeful management would eventually lead it to collapse in a much different way and not in the midst of a pandemic yeah. No, no. Um, but, uh, you know, certainly, like, I did everything I could to improve attendance and excitement. And, you know, like, our numbers were way up. And I don't know how much more I could have done. Yeah. Um, and if real estate prices were just too high in New York, then real estate prices were just too high in New York. And, we need a different business model and i think that's really <laughs> that's really at the core of of all of it is maybe this model is not sustainable mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so hopefully mm-hmm. on the other side of this we'll figure out something that is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um a hard lesson to learn but maybe one that needed to be learned yeah yeah <laughs> you're like yeah um was there ever, I guess, a point in your time there where you felt like you wanted to uh, walk away or like, I guess, in general for day jobs that are tough, right? Because you're also, while you're doing this job, wanting to have a career in comedy outside of this job. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to, I mean, <laughs> truly like the second that I was hired for a job that would make me not able to execute my job as artistic director, I would have left. Right, right. But that was true seconds after being hired. (laughs) I, because it was very weird timing, but I got hired right around the same time that I heard that I got into the Just for Laughs uh, New Faces Characters Festival in Montreal. Oh, that was the same time? Oh my God. My first day in Montreal is when the email went out that I was hired as AD. No freaking way. I was like, can we just hold the phone just so quick? Can we just do this festival and just see what Ah. happens? And then you announce that. Can we just see just so quick? Um, So instead the conversation at every party at the festival was about, oh, so you got hired for this job. I'm like, I did, but do you have a job? Uh, a different job for me better? <laughs> Television pr- program for me to write and to be on? Um, They're like, hey, Michael, why are you talking all funny? You're like, I don't know. They were. They, everyone yeah. was like that. Um, yeah. So it was just like weird timing. Um, and obviously like, JFL is a very, like, important, like, precursor to getting some sort of serious consideration at the television program that we've all, we've already discussed, (laughs) was my goal from near birth and my true white whale. Um, And so 
you know, if they had expressed any interest at all, it, it would have been, I would have been like, okay, I'm doing that and not doing this. Mm-hmm. But obviously that did not happen. Sure. Was yeah. there, um, was there a moment where you thought it was going to happen, didn't happen, or how did, how do you know that it, it was The SNL happen? thing? Yeah. Uh, I knew when, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, who was in the festival with me, uh, cryptically put an Instagram story out that clearly meant that they were in a showcase and I did not get that. Shit. Okay. So I was like, oh, they're on the showcase. I'm not. Bummer. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, And, you know, you send your your writing packet to every year, and you're like, well, maybe they'll do You know, it's just all sad, sad, uh, baseless optimism. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So then I had to, like, be like, okay, I guess I'm going to be the artistic director and not anything else for the moment okay um and you know got close on a couple of things during that time but nothing nothing mage finally right before this all ended i did book one line on the politician (laughs) coming out in june check out netflix I do have a great story about it, but I don't think I should tell the story until after the season already is out and exists. Oh, but bummer. I do have a great story about shooting that show later. Well, I guess we are doing a part two. One day, Cammy. One day, or like tweet it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, okay. Tweet it. Tweet it. Tweet it. Wow. Okay, so lots of emotions are happening for you at the start of the job and the end of JFL where it sounds like it's, it's heavy. It's kind of heavy, right? Like the, it's, it's, um, yeah, it is heavy. It's a lot to carry because it truly felt like my last chance. It felt like my last gasp at like my dream. Mm. And so when that feels very over, um, yeah, it's hard. It's it was hard. hard. Um, can I ask why you felt like it was your last grasp at it? Because I had already showcased twice. And at this point, it just feels like if they were going to see me again, this was the year that they would see me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Now that like the world is over it sort of feels like well up is down left is right why don't i just try again this year i don't yeah yeah um (laughs) but um but certainly in that moment of time it felt very very final to me okay okay but there was no necessary necessarily indication from them where they were like no oh no you don't you know you don't hear anything right 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 okay so this is like in your head you're saying like this feels like a final moment um even though you never know but that's how it felt for you (laughs) that's how it felt for you in that moment um okay so you start your your um your time as ad hard and sometimes rewarding (laughs) sometimes hard and then um 
this happens. The virus hits. I mean, now we're getting close to now, right? Modern day, modern day. Modern yeah. Day. Um, yeah, we're caught up. We're caught up and that happens. And then the theater closes and everyone goes home for two months. Like that's what we are. We just did, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, if you want to share how you feel, you totally can, but you don't have to. Um, it's just like crazy how it happened. I mean, it's just all, I, I feel heartbroken. Yeah. I feel so uncertain and lost. I feel very free. I feel very unshackled, unburdened. Uh, and those things, those feelings like fight each other, but they both are real and they both exist. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm angry. I'm sad. Like everyone online has like an equally shitty, incorrect take. Yeah. Um, people have a lot of opinions about a lot of things. <sighs> yeah. And it's like, cool. Like, I'm sure you did feel that way, but you only really are aware of the hour that you were there once a month. Right. And someone who <laughs> truly, it was their living, breathing, 24-7 obsession, you, you maybe should defer to, <laughs> like, feel how you feel, but, like, I know what I'm talking about more than you know what you're talking about. Right, Thanks right, so right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so um, much. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, yeah, just, yeah. like, it's a lot of, and like people are sad and angry and, and I am also those things. But I feel like the prevailing opinion is that the theater, like the New York theater is gone and dead and that there's no reviving it. And mm -hmm. I don't accept that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that and I don't accept it. And, and, um, we would do well to find a solution and mm -hmm. I'm certainly working on one and I'm sure other people are too. Um, but you know, I don't want this stupid thing to, you know, make us all homeless. Right. Right. It's like, and it's not going to feel the same if like we're doing our shows at some other someone else's theater or some other dumb place. Right. Um, and the best thing about it is that whatever the next step is, it's going to be like a way smaller operation. And all of the things that didn't work and people hated and weren't good about the theater when it closed will not be there anymore when it is open again. Sure. And the best thing is we don't have to reopen unless we have those things. So, um, you know, I, I'm still sad about it. I'm still mad about it, all that stuff. But I also see it as an opportunity to do the thing, to do things right that, haven't been right for a very long time that's what's up i love that <laughs> hell that yeah that is indeed what's up 
goosebumps over here. That's awesome. That's really great to hear. Um, yeah, that's really, really good to hear. Do you see yourself being affiliated with the theater still? Or are you like, I'm good. Thank you so much. Or like, is that something you've thought about even? I feel like it's hard to know. Um, I do certainly want to be involved in some capacity. Right. I do not want to be an employee of... <laughs> I, I, yeah. it, I don't want the same... I, I don't want to be involved in the same capacity as I've been. Right. Um, right. But yeah. I want to be involved. Very cool. Very if cool. that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Um, it's a hard, it's a hard gig. Um, in terms of, uh, general, like, thoughts on you, your next steps, like, as a human being in terms, creatively, right? Like, are you, I know it's hard to think, and I hate this question personally, like, what's in store? But what's in <laughs> store? <laughs> I mean. Girl, I don't know. You have no idea. I, Good. I don't know. I mean. All I can do is all I can do right now. I have um, a writing sample that is good and that I believe in. And if television exists soon, um, I'm hoping that that sample will at least get me a meeting or two um, to staff on a show maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to sell another sketch show idea you know, I'm just, whatever, trying to, <laughs> trying, trying to, to hustle. Fucking, trying to hustle. Trying to make I it guess, happen. I think trying to better, make comedy yeah. on television. Trying to do it. You're trying to fucking do it. And the cool thing that's happening here is like seeing you, I think, do the thing no matter what. Right. So like, it sounds like you've had like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And you're trying to like somehow still push forward and keep doing the damn thing because no matter what you know that like that's what you want to be doing right like is that sort of what is that the thing keeping you going like what's 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 stopping you from saying fuck it all i'm doing something else i don't think i know how to do anything else right the one thing I, this is sad <laughs> this is sad Check this sad shit out. This is sad as fuck. Uh -oh. um, the, I was thinking about being a Disney travel agent. Whoa. Can you imagine? Like when? Like, like in late 2014, like if I did not get that holding deal, I made a pact with myself. Really? I was like, if I do not get this holding deal, I'm going to try to become a Disney travel agent. No fucking way. And then I did get the holding deal, and thank God, because I don't want to be a Disney travel agent. What? But the thing is, if, like, if the entertainment industry doesn't exist, certainly Disney travel will not exist either. So even my sad, deeply sad backup does not apply here. Right. Correct. So I might as well keep trying to <laughs> make comedy on television. <laughs> You're like, why uh, not? Cammy, I truly feel like I just showed you my butthole. <laughs> <laughs> rough. Isn't that rough? Can you imagine talking to like 
the shittiest mom no about her hotel accommodations why did i think that would be fun i don't know why did you think that would be fun you know why because i love planning my disney trips well yes but i am cool god and certainly someone who would need to use a disney travel agent is terrible jesus christ they're terrible also like even do you feel like even if you didn't get the holding deal you would have done that though i feel like you wouldn't have i think i would have like as a side hustle wow i do i think i would have tried as a side hustle right right fuck okay it's not cool it's not cool i was not in a good space not in a good space not in a good i was in a like i love disney world (laughs) because i had rediscovered it as an adult space so sad i know just like fully like (laughs) disney's cool you're like oh Oh my my god God, isn't that the worst but they do a very good job at entertaining and uh we work in entertainment and so it's not so crazy no 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 they just know how to put on a show is what i mean and i put on shows we're not so different you and i we're not so different you and i moana (laughs) um cool okay well now now i feel like we're definitely (laughs) the end of the podcast um so one last i guess maybe one or two last questions, but one for real last question. Um, How, when you do have harder days, um, besides like having sometimes stranger ultimatums for yourself about like what your alternate (laughs) life will be, um, (laughs) do you like, uh, do you have anything that you go to or um, any sort of, yeah, anything you, that helps you keep going? When things are hard? When things are hard, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, things are always hard right now. That's true. Um, I mean, I love my partner and like my friends and I love uh, escaping from the world that I'm trying so desperately to be a part of and exploring other worlds. You know, like not comedy. Right. Like taking a break for a minute and living your live, living a different part of your life. I think it's super important. Um, Also, and this is pathetic, I've spent most of the quarantine binge-watching Survivor from the beginning. I've been seeing that on Twitter, yeah. So I guess guess that's another way I've been coping, is to watch people who have it worse than me. (laughs) Like, well, at least I'm not sunburned as fuck and eating a pile of bugs. Right, 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 right very cool very cool um (laughs) very cool very cool um cool and then do you um i guess like any sort of high level tips for people that are starting out and um are having trouble finding a gig or the right thing to sort of hold them over as they pursue this thing you know oh the of the side hustle of the side hustles yeah i think it I, the the magical ones are the ones that allow you the flexibility to, I mean, certainly if there's something where you can make your own hours from home, I mean, can you, that's the dream. Um, so I would say find the thing that's closest to that much freedom and that much flexibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
um, yeah, flexibility seems to be key, I feel like, for a lot of folks. Yeah, um, and I think, I think a lot of people find pretty good side hustles just through their network of comedians. Right. Because, like, once someone finds, like, that dope side hustle, a bunch of comedians start working at that place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's these little, like, enclaves. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think, like, use your friends, like, use your network to find that thing. Because we're all after the same thing. We all have the same needs, which is we need a job where we can blow it off at the last minute to go to an audition. We need a job that if we book something with a fitting and a two-day shoot is going to be okay with that. Um, and so I think, like, use use your peers because they will have the track. Sure, sure. I think, yeah, for a while it was Bonobos. For, oh, my God, I know. Everyone like, everyone was working there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. I was like, what's going on? Um, cool. Um, and then I guess really last question is for you, like, what would you, um, how do I phrase this? I guess when you're having a rougher day, what is the thing that you wish someone would say to you in that moment? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think like when you're, when you're having a hard day, is there something that you want someone to tell you? Like, it's going to be okay. Or like, you know, having some sort of Wow. Um, I think I would want someone to say, hey, Michael, want to work on this thing? Yeah. Because the best day I've had in all of this is the day I got to write for Sketch Cram. Yeah. And it was super fun. And I wrote, <laughs> I wrote three sketch, four? I wrote a lot of sketches. Um, that Tina Turner one was fucking hilarious oh thanks i loved it but it really a like just felt great to be included in this fun thing that people were doing that's like still like engaging their passions and i got to not think about being you know stuck in my home and people i care about are sick and dying (laughs) which is a literal thing that's true right um so it's really nice if and it felt like we all got to work on it together and then we all got to celebrate it at midnight when it was airing and it just was like the best day. So I guess I would want someone to just ask me to do sketch cream. <laughs> I feel like they could <laughs> I feel like we can make that work. Um very cool. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Anything, um, oh, any anything you want to um, say? Like last things you want to say, or as you feel good. Thank I'm you for good. having me on your podcast, Cami. Thank you for doing it. This was so awesome, Michael Hartney. Everybody, I mean, oh uh, wow, 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 wow! What a treat! What a treat to talk to him. Just an all-around great human, and it was just a real treat. And I'm sorry that it took so long to put this podcast episode out, but now it's out. So people can hear it and listen to it on your walks, when you're doing dishes, whatever you want, listen to it. Um, You can follow Michael on Twitter at Michael Hartney. He's on Instagram at Hartney Michael, so that's different, all right? Just switch it around. 
um, and follow all the things that he's doing. Um, I know it's a it's a weird time right now in terms of quarantine and Corona, and it's um, but you know we can all still support each other with a little follow, a little like. Why not, right? In terms of other stuff, world stuff, you know, um, I'm a dumb person. I don't know anything, but what I do know is wear a mask. Do that. It's important. Just do it. You know, great. And also um, visit BlackLivesMatter.com. If you are unsure of where to donate and sort of like you need a guiding light, blacklivesmatter.com has a lot of cool stuff and uh, cool ways for you to participate and donate. If you're not, I'm sure everyone, all three people that are listening to this episode are doing that already. But just in case you aren't, friendly reminder. Cool. All right. Hope everyone's having a great day. Hope you have a great week. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.